Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, they have power. Okay, no problem. But they do not have media right power. Huh? Congratulations, Naz. First of all, the question everybody wants to know the answer to, why was this such an ugly fight? Yeah, that's true. I've got earth devastating power. Beyond this earth, like my power will crush old feelings, crush old world. What are you feeling right now? Uh, hold on, man. Hey, Dad, brush my hair one time. Oh, hey, Pop, come brush my hair. Welcome to another episode of Tough Talk Tuesdays. Always, I'm your host, Lucas Biggers, alongside me, will be Jules and Robert Alexander. Uh, looks like just Jules, is that you? Yes, that is me. How's it going, Lucas? Not, not bad at all. How are you? Ah, can't complain. Can't complain. Very, very excited for uh, this weekend's Loma versus Lanaris fight. I know we're going to get into that, but I'm super stoked for this weekend. Me too. Uh, definitely, I think it'll be a fight of the year candidate. But um, before we get into that, we do have a special guest on the line. Um, I will be getting on the line actually here shortly. Um, let's see if Rob is actually coming on the show. Now, <clears throat> this past weekend, we did have some things we're going to talk about too. Um, one of which is being Ryan Garcia. Uh, upcoming star. The guy's only 19, but he has a huge following. Um, what did you see and what did you like from uh, Ryan Jules? Yeah, I- I'm going to tell you something about this kid. Um, I-, I know it's going to be uh, uh, controversial, what I'm going to say, because a lot of uh, people have been, you know, from what I'm following on Twitter, have been criticizing this kid quite harshly. But I, I-, I felt that he was really tough. You know, Jason Velez is a tough veteran and people fail to realize that Jason Velez was Ryan Garcia at one time. He was a highly touted prospect, you know, coming up and he was a true test for Ryan Garcia. What I liked about Ryan Garcia was that, you know, he used his hand speed. I mean, he's got really, really fast hands. I will say that. I mean, the kid has definitely got some speed. Um, kind of actually reminds me of Amir Khan, uh, the way he throws combinations and punches in terms of his speed. Um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, what I also liked about it was that when Jason Velez was putting on the pressure, Ryan Garcia, he did not fold. You know, a kid who's 19 years old uh, going against a, a veteran like Jason Velez, you know, that could be a lot for a kid that young. And, you know, once again, with Jason Velez, he was putting on the pressure. He was hitting uh, Ryan Garcia with some good shots, particularly, um, you know, the overhand right. And Garcia really, really took those shots very well. I mean, there were times where I thought that he was going to fold because it looked like, you know, he was, you know, um, you know, folding under pressure, but he didn't. You know, he fought back. Um, you know, he, he was throwing combinations, and he really showed a lot of grit and, and composure to, to only be 19. So I, I was impressed. I was very oh. impressed, too. I mean, uh, one of the fastest hands in the game right now, honestly. I mean, he's – 
definitely up there with uh, some of the top guys like Gary Russell. Um, but that being said, Jules, you did also see some uh, glaring flaws that a 19-year-old, though, definitely has some time to correct, no? Yeah, I mean, once again, he's 19. You know, I, I think we have to realize that, you know, he's still young. He's still learning. I think, you know, one of the things that I saw with, with a guy like Ryan Garcia was he doesn't really use, um, you know, a, a lot of lateral movement. You know, he goes uh, straight back a little bit too much, which is the reason why Ryan Gar- uh, excuse me, Jason Valed was able to catch Ryan Garcia and trap him. Um, I also feel that he needs to keep that chin down. <laughs> he definitely <laughs> needs to tuck that. He needs to tuck that chin in. Um, I, I believe, I guess, his father's training with him. Their next training session, they need to have a tennis ball under his chin while he's shadow boxing, hitting the bag, because that chin is up a little too high for me, and, and he's a little too square um, for, for my liking. And I think that's the reason why he was getting hit a lot against Jason Velez. Um, that being said. You know, I, I think he has a lot of time to work on it. And I'm not saying he has to be fundamentally the best fighter. You know what I mean? There are, there are plenty of, of fighters out there who are champions who didn't do things fundamentally, quote-unquote, that we like to see uh, from a lot of boxers. Um, but at the same time, if he's going to, you know, be with the elites of the elites or, you know, once again, fight a guy like Tank, who, you know, Tank Davis comes to rip your head off, you know what I mean? That might happen to Ryan Garcia if he does not uh, keep his chin down and he does not work on that defense or that head movement. Tank Davis will take his head off. Definitely agree there. Um, I, and I, I take you're in agreement saying that it's too early for him to be um, taking on that kind of a guy. Um, and Rob, now that you're joining us, I assume you're thinking the same. Tank is uh, out of his league currently at the age of 19. Out of his league with who? Um, Ryan Garcia I mean, is out of out of uh, Giovanni. Oh, out of yeah, definitely. Well, you know what? I'll say this: the you guys discussed that more. Actually, keep keep going. I'm actually going to get uh, Bobby on the line now. Kitty's ambitious, Jules, and I respect that. He's last year's top prospect, of course, according to Ring Magazine, which is owned by Oscar De La Hoya anyway. But <clears throat> And Gervonta was a former, you know, prospect of the year. Yeah, uh, that's type true. Of guy. Yeah. So, so uh, for for Ryan to call him out, I understand the call out. Um, I understand why he thinks that he's in that caliber. To be honest, they match up pretty well because they both have quick hands. You know, so that's the real interesting part of it. However, as you see in his last, he couldn't get the last. You know, he couldn't get the last out. Let alone Tank, and Tank is a much more different animal than Jason Velez. Yeah, yeah Jason. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. No, no, no worries, no worries. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was, I was actually agreeing. I was saying, you know what? I, I agree. And one of the things I was making a point before you got on with Lucas is that, you know, he with Ryan Garcia. I mean, the lateral movement is just not there. You know, he either moves forward or he moves backwards. And a guy like Tank, who you know loves to pressure his fighters and likes to get you trapped to rip those shots. Uh, Garcia is, is tailor-made for Tank right now. Right. Uh, here we now have our special guest on the line, Bobby. Hitch. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, terrific. How you guys? How's, what's going on? Uh, not much. We had a uh, 
good weekend of boxing. I know you got some coming up for you too. Uh, every time I attend, you know, your boxing cards, it's always entertaining. For you, what's what's your secret in putting together a good card? You know, I I, I think one of the things that I strive that I have strived to to accomplish in my 26 years of promoting has been give the fans their money's worth, make them feel like their hard-earned dollars have been well spent and that they want to come back and spend their money again. And to me, the, the, the best reward for me is when every time I do an event, I stand at the front door as the event is over with, and I thank everybody and I greet everybody. And when people say to me, when's the next show? And this man just might've spent $2,500, $3,000 on boxing tickets and they want to come back again. To me, that's a successful evening, and I accomplished my mission. So I would have to say, overall, that that is my goal, is to make the paying customer feel that they've gotten their money's worth. All right. And you, and you do have uh, one coming up here as June uh, 8th, correct? Correct. Tell us more about that event, who's going to be uh, fighting, and how our uh, listeners yeah, can actually it's Friday, get It's Friday, June 8th at the Allstate Arena. Uh, featuring number three lightweight, light heavyweight in the world, Mike Lee, battling Jose Hernandez from California. It's a great matchup. It's for the it's for the WBO uh, um, NABO uh, light heavyweight championship, and the winner of this fight should go to number one. Uh, and the co-feature all the way from Bulgaria is Turvel Pulov, um, taking on right now uh, uh, Tony Vaughn. We were waiting for the contracts to get in, so we're waiting for. Mr. Vaughn's contract to come in for the fight. And then um, the, 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 the opening fight is going to be Tommy Hughes against Dentuan uh, uh, Singleton from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the first swing should be Andre Fedezov comebacking heavyweight, uh, world-rated heavyweight Fedezov. Uh, and then we have, um, you know, a, a whole host of great local fighters on the show. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about this event. Definitely. Uh, and from what I hear, Mike uh, Mike Lee actually has stated that uh, he believes he should be ready for a uh, title shot coming up in the next few fights. Yes, he's very much he's very much in the mix for things. And, and you know, the the harder you work, the luckier you'll get. So to me, um, he just keeps working hard, and things will fall into place. Uh, right now, uh, same thing with Mike Jimenez. Mike Jimenez is coming back after being off a year, so. We're also excited to get him back in action and gear him towards something. Um, one of the one of the most interesting things I want to see is Greg Sosnowski. He's a twenty he's twenty one and one light heavyweight, moving up to cruiserweight, and he's been off for six years. And he's coming back and going to make a run at the run at contendership and hopefully the title. So it's a great show. Um, we have some. We have uh, Sarah Jordan on the show. Uh, great female fight. I mean. Avril Matthew. It's going to be a great night of boxing. Gogo Slavetsky, Oscar, Oscar Ortiz, um, Johnny Lewis Jr. making his uh, pro debut. So we, this thing is stacked. This card is stacked, and, and don't miss it. Uh, tickets are available at hitsboxing.com. And uh, fight fans, boxing, it's better lives for sure. That's right. And uh, Mike Menez is coming off a uh, big win against Aaron Pryor Jr. Correct. He actually won uh, the. I'm sorry. The um. 
WBC Continental, Continental, the America's Championship, yes. Yeah, Continental Championship. Yes. yes. So, um, look forward to uh, seeing him step back in the ring as well. Yeah, me uh, too. Now, I, I wanted to get your, as a promoter, opinion on some things. Uh, of course, with Cinco de Mayo passing, usually this is almost like a boxing holiday for boxing fans. Right. You're a little let down because of the whole uh, Canelo Golovkin situation. Right. I wanted to get your opinion as a promoter and your insight on what it does to a card when somebody is thrown out last second like that and you got to kind of pick up the pace and, and dig up an opponent. Well, the matchup in and of itself, was intriguing in light of the first fight. The rematch was highly anticipated. There's a lot of who thought, you know, Canelo won, who thought Triple G won. So that makes that a great saleable fight. When you have to replace it with Vans Monterosi, I mean, how much, uh, you know, doesn't have too many legs on it. You know what I mean? You know, it's not, it's not too, it's not too, uh, uh, um, it's not too uh, easy of a sell. And I think it was evident with the crowd. I think the crowd was very dismal. It was, it was under what they anticipated. And, you know, um, the old saying, the show must go on, is true. Uh, and so, they, you know, they put a show on. But the outcome of the main event was exactly what people thought it would be. No, you know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, th- th- there, was no, uh, there was no electricity there for, for sure. I like making fights where you don't know who's going to win. And that's ultimately my goal every time I set out to do a show. But sometimes what happens is you have a reluctant manager or a reluctant fighter to be in that type of fight. But my goal, and, I, and, and, and trust me, my goal every time out is to have everybody in a 50-50 fight, and I don't know who's going to win. And that's how I set out to do my shows. How they end up is because someone doesn't want to fight somebody and that becomes a difficulty. If I can make those types of fights every time, I'm all in for it. Because at the end of the day, this is boxing. People are going to punch you back. And you have to be in real fights in order to climb that ladder and be a, a, a force to be reckoned with in the sport, the business of boxing. All right. Uh, I do have another writer on the line here, Robert Alexander. He's got some questions for you as well. Rob, whenever you're ready. Hi, Robert. How are you? Thank you, um, Lucas. Hey, Bobby. I'm doing good. Um, I just have a few questions for you, buddy. Um, the first okay. thing in speaking about your show and, and everything, how how it feels out of his boxing yeah. event, you have a uh-huh. You have a lot of uh, celebrities come out, a lot of local legends come out in the crowd and everything. Um, is yeah. that just with you networking, or how does that all come about? Because you have a great yeah. show yeah, with a I lot mean, of celebrities. Yeah, you know, being being that I've been a professional fighter myself in the, in the greatest city in the world, Chicago, um, I, I've garnered a lot of, you know, networking possibilities. I've made a lot of friends. I mean, being an actor has... has um, um, I've been an actor since 1990, and that's opened a lot of doors for me. Um, I, I played semi-pro football, been in the restaurant business. You know, I'm a man about town here, so you know, uh, befriending guys who are well-known or of celebrity status uh, is just kind of something that goes along with what I do in my regular life. And they become friends, and they come out to the events, and it's it's just a great night out. We're lucky. <laughs> 
Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I was impressed. Me and Lucas have been to a couple of events there. I was definitely impressed with it. Um, so, in, in speaking about how you uh, how you set your matches your matches up and everything, where you wanted to be a fifty fifty type uh, match and the crowd to be happy. Um, not every promoter does that, even within the Midwest. So how do you feel well, that uh, his boxing measures up to the rest of the promoters in well, the area? I, well, here, here's I, I got to tell you, there's a lot of there's a lot of pretenders out there trying to play promoter, and they think because you get a gymnasium with no lighting and you put a rickety ring in there and you make everybody pay for their fights and they give you what's called I guess a slot fee where you have you have no financial exposure, you're, you're not a promoter, you're a site provider. And, and, and that's, unfortunately, the way the business of boxing has gone. So it's hard to develop fighters when you're making them pay for their own fight, and they have to pay themselves, pay the opponent, pay for everything, and then you expect them to be in a real fight. You can't do that. That's why what I do is I pay every guy on my show, and most of the guys on my show – are signed with me. So I have a contractual obligation to pay them. Uh, so I pay them a purse. I pay them. A, I pay them. If they're popular and can bring people, that just helps. They get, they get a taste of their tickets. I pay the opponent. I pay the insurance. I pay the travel. I pay for everything. So that's how I'm able to kind of fulfill what I want to, my vision because I'm paying. And, and, and these other guys who nowadays it seems to be very commonplace. They make everybody else pay. So how can you get anything done? And I get calls all the time. A guy saying, can I buy a fight on your show? And I'm like, dude, I don't do stuff like that. I have enough of my own fighters that need to keep busy. And I just don't subscribe to that method of doing boxing. Cause at the end of the day, the public, the fight fan is the one that's going to suffer because they see a garbage event. It's garbage. Yeah, exactly, and and me and Lucas just being in the business here have that a couple of times. So I definitely appreciate your honesty. I definitely appreciate yeah, your horrible. honesty and, there. And actually, these commissions, these commissions shouldn't even let shouldn't even let these guys allow these people to do things like that. I mean, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. Agree, which actually leads to my next question. I know uh, for a period of time there were some issues with the commission in Illinois. There was a little bit of turmoil with them being new and everything. Um, how are they progressing? Has it gotten better? Oh, I think they've done great. I mean, I'm happy to be back here doing boxing. I took some time off from 2009 all the way until 2016 or seven 2016. 2017, I started back here, and and and, and um, we did a we did a nice job in Indiana. The commission down there was very pleasant to work with. They understood the game, and and Illinois has really stepped up their game, and and, and um, um, they've been a they've been a pleasure for me to work with. So I have I have no complaints. So I know other guys around here are complaining about them, but that's because they're trying to pull the wool over the public's eyes and the commission's eyes by trying to get garbage fights pass or things of that nature. And to me, it's very simple. If you, if you set out to do a good job, if you set out to bring a good solid matchups, the commission's, the commission's involvement is very limited. But when you try to bring in a hero versus a zero, 
that's when you have issues with the commission because they're not going to let that fly. So I've learned to roll with the punches and roll with the changes and adopt this new way and reinvent myself, and that's where we're at today. That's good to hear, definitely. And then you also touched on you you are considered one of the longest-running promoters in the Midwest, period, with it being 26 years. Um, Has anybody reached out to you for guidance? Are you kind of teaching somebody to uh, pass the torch along to? Well, well, you know, this is not the type of sport or business that you could just teach somebody. You have to pay your dues. You have to hang around. You have to have to put in the grunt work and I've had guys that are with me that don't want to pay their dues and you know my, my staff I brought I brought a few guys on with me and tried to teach them the business and, and hopefully one day let them take the reins but they were too impatient to let this whole thing come to fruition so what, what I've done now is I've gone back to basics I'm involved in every aspect of my business from making the matches to securing the venue to uh, garnering the sponsors because I'm back to basics now and, and, and I'm not opening up my door to anybody else anymore. But, you know, I, I've tried those experiments and they just haven't worked. At the end of the day, I was the one that got screwed over financially and whatnot. So to me, um, those, those underhanded individuals are no longer welcome to walk through my door. All right, Bobby. Well, that's all the questions that I have. I definitely appreciate right. you here. I'm going to turn you back over to Lucas, see if he has anything else. Thank you. Bobby, what what do you prefer more? Did you you prefer being in the ring, or do you like now being more behind the scenes? Oh, 100% without question, being in the ring was way easier. (laughs) Less complicated? Way easier. Oh, way easier. Way easier. Uh, For everybody listening, uh, Bobby hits his... Motto is it's better live. Boxing, I, it's better live. And, and I got to agree to that, but it's, Bobby, it's not only better live, it, it's better up close. Yeah, so, right. Up close, of course, all right. Those ringside seats, that's worth the extra money. Absolutely. Uh, I've been ringside to some of your fights, literally where, you know, uh, blood gets spattered on you, and then I've, I've also been sat, you know, next to ringside or just second bro and i gotta say ringside is always the best you've got to get up close and personal well i i appreciate that thank you and i, yeah, I apologize for last week i told i don't know the phone didn't ring and i, I don't know what the heck happened i apologize for last week that's uh, not that's, what i do that's okay we appreciate that um but uh, that was all the questions we had for you bobby thank you for coming on the show hey great thanks guys good luck and hope to see you at the fights we will be there remember fight fans june 8th Allstate Arena, Rosemont, Illinois. Tickets available at hitsboxing.com. And remember, fight fans, boxing, it's better lives. Thank you, Hits. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> Rob, you, you miss going yes. to Hits fights? You know what? I do. I do because it's non existent down here. I mean, the, we had the, one of the biggest heavyweight champions in in the history of boxing, and there's no boxing down here. Yeah, uh, I gotta admit, kind of miss rolling. Uh, we had a three man team here that we roll up into Chicago with, and uh, yeah, I miss those times. Uh, not only that, but it seems the 
the fights have got uh, less sporadic. They they used to be a lot more. So um, I think now they're more high quality fights. Like not that long ago, within the last couple of years, Laura was up here uh, fighting Rodriguez. So we've gotten better fights in Illinois. It's just not as much as in quantity. But uh, I do miss those days. But uh, I will definitely be going to that fight June 8th. They're in Allstate Arena there in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, so if anybody who's listening and following Heavy Bag Boxing wants to uh, meet the owner, founder, Heavy Bag Boxing, Lucas Figures, that is me, uh, be there. But, um, guys, let's get back to uh, business at hand. We'll talk more about this weekend. Uh, we're done talking about Ryan the Flash Garcia. I'm still impressed. Obviously has a, a long way to go. Um, but... <clears throat> I want you guys so, to be brutally honest with me. Go go ahead. Let's jump right in here because I feel like me and Jules were on to something. And, you Sorry, know, yeah, uh, we had to do the interview. So let, yeah. let's, let's jump into to this discussion. Um, okay. Or do you want uh, – well, let's jump into this discussion. Look, he Ryan is a, he's a former top prospect last year. He feels like – jumping the gun and jumping out of that and being a contender. That's that's really his model. That's what he's trying to do. But if you go back and look at this last fight, it's Jason Velez. Okay? Tank is a whole nother animal. So I applaud him for calling out Tank, uh, which Tank, Gervonta Davis, he's one of the elite prospects, if you even should call him that. Now, I don't believe so. I believe he's a champion. The kid's super young, just like Ryan is, but he's already at another level. So being the fact that he couldn't get Jason Velez out of there and had problems with Jason Velez at times, I feel like he has no business calling out Javante Davis, no business at all. His promoter should forbid that word from his mouth. <laughs> And yes, Jules, you can go ahead and speak on it now. But yes, I am on one tonight. <laughs> I know, I, I know, Rob. You, you're you're on full form. I take credit. I mean, he's calling out Javante Davis. I mean, I was saying the same thing, thing, Lucas. Usually, usually, right. usually, we we dog fighters for not calling people out. This 19 year old right. kid says the hell with it. I'm going after the tank. That's some balls right, right. there. Misplaced right. confidence. Sure. Maybe, <laughs> but he's got some balls. True, but based on his last performance, you need to hit the gym more. You need to hit the gym. <laughs> and my issue with it is, Gervonta is only 23, right? Gervonta isn't that much older than Ryan is. Yeah, Gervonta hasn't hit his prime yet, in my opinion. Exactly, and he's already a, a step, a level above this kid. You know, now one thing that I did mention with Jules that I do like is the hand speed, and that makes a good, you know, it'll make a good performance against Tank while it lasts. But the kid is no, he doesn't have the movement is not yet there, the defense is not there, so he's just gonna get pulverized in a matchup against Javante Davis. It's, it's it's inevitable. He's gonna get knocked out early, or he's gonna get severely hurt. Yeah. Um, 
from what I've seen out of, out of both fighters, like like I was saying earlier, Ryan Garcia, he, he pulls back too stiff uh, with that chin up in the air. Uh, that's It's asking to, to get laid out. Um, uh, I don't exactly. think... Uh, I, and there's no... And see, a lot of people have a problem with saying, hey, jump coaches. Look, his dad has done an amazing job with him thus far. But I'm also the kind of guy that thinks now he needs an upper echelon type coach and a, and a different trainer. Some fighters mistake uh, loyalty for what's best for them. Yes, you could still be loyal, but your coach should want what's best for you, especially your father. And what's best for him is, is a new coach now. Would you guys agree? Jules. You're oh. hard, Jules. Yeah. Well, I'll say I, I, I'm quiet listen, because... Guys, listen, I'm, not, I'm I, not talking about, you know, he needs to learn this, you know, certain move. No, it's it's some basic stuff. There's some basic stuff he's not doing. He's not pulling his hands back. He's keeping his chin up. Um, and he's even pulling his hands down and chin up when he backs out. You can't do that. Yeah, it, it's very true. I, that he's drilled in. And, and that's the thing. He can't have those flaws when it comes to the high level. As we were saying, um, you know, what you said, Rob, about him having that hand speed. Granted, that hand speed against Tank is awesome. But if you can't keep Tank off you, okay, and Tank is just coming at you while you're throwing those punches and you have your chin up in the air, that's not that's not going to be a good outcome at all. <laughs> well, two things. Amir Khan one comes is, to mind. Right. And, and one, it's not just about keeping Tank off of him with that. It's avoiding the counter because – He's going to be able to land some shots, but not enough to do any damage to Tank. And he doesn't have the power right now, from what I'm seeing, to knock Tank down with one or two punches. So it's going to be the counter that he's going to need to look out out for, because Tank counters very accurately, as we saw in that last fight. And he'll put you down with one punch. So that's the first issue. As far as the new trainer, absolutely he needs a new trainer, Lucas, because you have those type of problems with a – and not to put anybody down, but you have those types of, of problems with a basic fighter like Jason Velez, you're in trouble uh, facing somebody with uh, with a little less talent than Tank Durante Davis. Well, no, so, we can't we can't say that Jason Velez is basic. Uh, at one time, Jason Velez was a highly talented prospect. The thing about Jason Velez is that he wasn't active. So, you know what I mean? A guy who wasn't active, you know, going against Ryan Garcia, he should have been, you know what I mean? Ryan Garcia should have had a better showing. Well, exactly, but he was basic that night. Jason Velez didn't do anything to impress me either. He just went through basics and gave the kid trouble. However, he needs two things. He He needs a new trainer and a new coach, but he also needs a new wardrobe. What the hell is he trying to be, a Tommy Hilfiger model with the, with that outfit that he had on? I couldn't tell what style he was trying to go for. He don't look like a boxer. He looks like he belongs on a – he looks like a mannequin at Macy's. Uh, that, that's kind of the point that uh, somebody was making um, on our group chat about him trying to be a crossover star. Um, and he has a lot of followers that are following him on Instagram. I mean – it's, it's not boxing fans that are following him there, Rob. Yeah, I was, I was definitely going to jump in and say something like that because 
Um, I think part of the flow that I saw in that fight, and excuse me for jumping in, guys, good night. How you guys doing? All right. What's up, honey? Yeah. So the some of the flows that I saw is like sometimes the those beauties that he makes, you know, he's hitting the speed bag or the double end bag or certain stuff he's practicing of his camp. And those stuff look nice and flashy on video, but you don't really fight like that in the ring. Yeah, so, I mean, it's the truth. Yep. When you when you pulling out your neck like that and stuff like that, when, when the double the double end bag is coming at you or the other type of bag is coming at you, it, it looks cool and everything. But in the fight, you get hurt. You get yep, knocked out. Yep, it's the truth. To to quote so, to quote to quote Bruce Lee, bags don't hit back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And you, you're you're 100 percent right. And that's the thing what we saw with Ryan Garcia. He looks yeah, phenomenal with those pads. Yeah, he looks phenomenal yeah. with those pads. He looks phenomenal as a double end bag. But when he's getting hit back, and you know the 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 person who he's fighting is laughing at those punches, you need to be fundamentally better than what you are. Thank you. That that that's the the flaws that I saw, and that's also. I think it's also part of like the, his inexperience. He's not really, uh, he's not a seasoned veteran, and Jason is. Jason, I wouldn't say he's basic, but he's definitely a, a seasoned guy. He's, he's he's been there with some competition, mm-hmm. and you know it was supposed to be Ryan's looking good part, and it didn't work out like that for him. You know, so that's, he definitely needs a lot to work on. Back 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 to the drawing board, in my opinion. All right. I agree, and and I don't think he's going to get that though without a new coach. I mean, he needs something else drilled into him, that, um, something that's, that's that obviously is, his father is not doing right. Nothing. Uh, not saying again that his his father's a bad trainer. I'm simply saying he needs a, a change because if not, yeah. I think he's going to become stagnant. His career is going to become stagnant, and he'll be no better than what he is right now. Hey, look, <clears throat> I think he could do like Broder and have his father in the corner, but just not be the head coach. Just having him as being like the second coach or the the cut man or something, you know, you stay loyal with your father. But I think it's it's time for him to probably see another view and and try to learn from someone else. He could he yeah. could pick up some things. And, and the thing is, I started to jump in there. He needs to do this now while he's still young. You know, he's 19 years yeah. old. He can't be like how the veterans when the veterans would switch coaches at a time in the career where they were they were already champions and you know they made a whole lot of money you know they just couldn't they couldn't adapt i would say minus oscar de la hoya when he was with floyd mayweather senior there's not too many other veterans who are able to you know switch trainers and you know able to learn new things and I think with Ryan Garcia, because he's only 19, he's still at a point where he can still improve under someone else. I would personally love to see him with somebody like Freddie Roach, or personally to work that. on that footwork, to work on that footwork, work with Lomachenko's camp. I think working with Lomachenko's camp do wonders for that kid because he has the hand speed. Now you give right, him right. that practicing of footwork, he could just go through a camp and say, listen, don't throw any punches, okay? You're going to watch a couple of ballet, ballet uh, shows, okay? <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to, we're gonna, you know what I mean? We're going to show you the nutcracker, and your footwork is going to be much better. And I think with footwork, footwork and some, uh, some, 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 uh, you know, some Lomachenko drills, this kid can be a monster, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and, and if I'm looking at uh, guys like Amir Khan, in my eyes, Amir Khan was the best under Freddie Roach. Now, you can say, yeah, you know, he, he's had other significant wins, Devin Alexander outside of Freddie Roach, but he was offensively the best he's ever been, slipping punches, dodging punches, and landing his own counter shots under Freddie Roach. In my eyes, I think 
that he would be great to take on Garcia. Um, Pacquiao's nearing the end. Cotto's gone. This frees up a lot of room for Roach to really take this guy under his wing and work him the way he needs to be working brought up. However, yeah, I, I don't know I like how, how good Roach's health is keeping up with him. It is kind of dwindling. And uh, it is sad Guys, to see. What, what about Robert Garcia? You know what? Robert Garcia be would be good. damn good. Yes. Because yeah. what Robert yeah. did with, with Abner Morris, man, like, it, it was like he took him back to his fundamentals, and, and, and Abner Morris kind of like upgraded, and he got better. I'm, I'm yeah. so like, – I do want to see this rematch so bad because he got so much better from the first fight. Yeah, the- I, I yeah. have to agree. And also being able yeah, to spar with guys perfect, like yeah. – Yeah, and being able to spar with guys like Abner Morris and Mikey Garcia, it would do wonders – for, for 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 Ryan Garcia. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think definitely I think a, a surplus I of guys to, for him to lean. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Robert Garcia is actually the best. That was a good call. Um, we we've talked too much about Ryan Garcia that we got to move on now. I want to talk uh, about the Golovkin fight. <clears throat> oh yeah. Now I want you all to be honest. Y'all about shit yourselves the first round, right? <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute what is this veins was moving ducking slipping yeah he, he looked quick he looked like he had some pop too i was like what is this no uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you because that first round let, let, let's be real go ahead Jules. and no I, I i wasn't i wasn't you want to know why because i remember when uh martin murray was having success with uh uh with triple g and kel brook those two fights, I was shitting myself. And it was only a matter of time <laughs> before Triple G said, you know what? Excuse my language. He said, F this, and, and he turned it up. And I think that's what happened with, with Vance. You know, uh, Triple G, you know, he said, you know what? This guy can't keep me off him. It's time. And as soon as he, as soon as he uh, put it up in us, like he did against Kell Brook and Martin Murray, it, it was over. It was over. I knew it. I'll I'll be honest with you guys. I I thought Vanish was gonna be a, a little better. He was gonna give Gennady a little more work. I knew I knew what was gonna be the outcome of the fight. I knew that. I just thought we would see a couple of more rounds. Um, I even thought for a second probably Gennady is gonna kind of drag it for like a couple of rounds just to give people a show. But when the kid came out in the second round, I think he he wanted to go home early that night. I, I don't think he was in the mood to be there for too long. <laughs> Well, you hit the nail on yeah, the head, I, Javier. Yeah, I think Vades could have got up. I mean, he realized the fight was open. I mean, he felt the well, power. He I, he knew he was outmatched you, at that point. But right, but do do you guys remember the knockdown the United got from um, Curtis Stevenson, right? He's from Brooklyn, New York. When yeah. when he get down, when he got like, when he landed down on the canvas, do you see the face that he made? Like does his face just said it all. So. This guy got some power. It's like some wicked power. And it's crazy because none of us know how, how hard he hit. But for fighters, fighters that get hit like sometimes on a daily basis to say, damn, this guy hits hard. Man, this guy must hit hard. It, it reminds me kind of like um, Hands of Stone, Roberto Duran from back in the day. I think, I think Triple G deserves that type of um, nickname. Like he is some Hands of Stone of the 2018 era. <laughs> 
Okay, so well, two things gotta, on it's that gotta one. It's got to be a huh? G. It can't be hands of stone because it's got to be a G. He's, like, he's G, 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 so it's got to be hands of granite or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, Javi, you get yeah, two things. So, number one, uh, and I'm going to bring up the story Lucas loves. Curtis Stevens does not. But one thing with Curtis Stevens going into that I fight. I love Curtis Stevens. That, that, you guys, <laughs> that you guys need to go back to is our very first interview with Curtis Stevens because I felt like that interview was indicative to how his face looked when he got hit by that punch from Triple G because, guys, this man was on the show talking about, I'll knock Triple G's head off. GGG, whoever he is, I'll knock his head off. He can't beat me. And then you see what happened in that fight. So that that definitely was, was kind of a crazy moment with, with Golovkin and, and uh, Curtis Stevens. But then with uh, Vane's, just to touch on what, what the question is and what Lucas asked with, with Vane's, Vane's did look good. He looked very good. And I think yeah. Triple G coming out the first round was try, was going to drag it on. And then he got hit with those punches because you got to go to the to the after fight interview when he said this was serious. He hit me with those punches in the first round. This was serious. I knew it was serious, so I'm not messing around. And that's exactly what happened with Kale Brook. But Kale Brook got a little longer because he didn't feel those punches with the weight. Vane's looked very good, y'all. He looked as sharp as I ever seen him with the way that he had his attack with the way that he was able to land those punches. But Triple yeah. G is a monster when it comes to knowing when it's time to put it on, and he puts that pressure on you. like a, It's kind of like a vice grip. When he puts that pressure on, you're going to go down, period. And then in speaking to what you said about he must be a heavy puncher, Vane's knew that going in, and I'll tell you why. He knew that going in because they said after the fight, he told his wife, do not show up. Yeah. Do not show up here. If you're gonna tell your wife going into a fight, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. No, I'm prepared to fight, but I don't know what's gonna happen. But don't show. The whole family, the <laughs> wife, everything. Don't show to this fight. You already lost the fight. Yeah, after you agree, already yeah. lost. Mentally, yeah, I, mentally, I, I, I you already agree, told right. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mentally, I, I, mentally he already told himself so he didn't want to do it. And it's worse because with that showing, it's not like he, it's not like he was like, well, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to die in the ring. It's not like that. He could have got up. Lucas is right. He could have got up. It's like, uh, yeah, he could have got up to me, uh, period. And then yeah. he just looked up. It's like he looked up. Saw that he looked up, was like, "Oh shit, it's not ten yet. I'm gonna go back down to sleep," and then went <laughs> right back down. Really? But you know what? Javier made a good point. You know about Triple G's punches. You know when you're when you're with a fighter who has a who has a big punch. Look at a perfect example I like to use is Bruce Seldon versus Mike Tyson. Right? Mike Tyson barely hit Bruce Seldon when Bruce Seldon went down. But you know what? Bruce Seldon was like, listen, you guys are not in the ring with Mike. I am. I'm gonna take my ten million. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna be out of there. And I think Vane's did this I think Vane's did the same thing. You know, Vane's he could have got he probably could have gotten up. 
You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to say that he could have because we don't know. We don't know how badly hurt he was, that hurt that he was. But the reality is this. Triple G was starting to land some devastating blows. You can see it. He was turning into his punches. And if you really look at that fight, Triple G didn't want to let Vans off the ropes. Like, you saw it. It, it was a different Triple G from, like, Canelo and Jacobs. You know, where those yeah. guys had a lot of uh, ability to, to, to use, uh, you know, movement. And granted, I know the Jacobs and uh, Canelo – obviously uh, a step above in terms of competition, no disrespect to Veins, but still, if you look at the way uh, Triple G fought, he fought to keep Veins on the ropes and get him out of there, which is exactly what he did. Right. Well, let me ask you guys just to stare some controversy. Should he be in a disqualified? No. But Roy Jones did. But Roy Jones did. Roy Jones, Montel Griffin, he got disqualified for that shot. Veins was on the canvas. His knee was on the ground. He was on the canvas. I think it should have been a DQ. It was simultaneously. It was simultaneously. I don't believe it. I think it should have been a DQ. Let me me ask you something, right? Joey's always bring that up. Have you ever heard of Ashley Oyala always bring up the Tito Trinidad type? That he, how he kind of done better instead of um, getting on his bike on the last rounds. This is something that they're all going to live with and they're always going to um, remember when they see something like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they, yeah. They're never going to get over it. True. Well, yeah. he could have killed I mean, the man. I think he should have been DQ. <laughs> and I think Jose uh, Luis Castillo beat Mayweather. But, you know, we, we, we didn't get that decision. That That's a low blow. That's a low blow right there. That's a low blow. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got to move on, though. Um, of course, going to be fights on HBO. Decent card there. Um, there's actually going to be a card on Friday as well, Showbox. Um, so tune into that. But what we're going to be talking about um, mainly. Lucas, can I stop you for yep. one second? I do want to touch on something. Um, guys, how did she look? Cecilia Brookhouse. How do you guys feel about her? Oh my God! I will say this: that was such a good fight. Like, yeah, that was a really, really good yeah. fight. I mean, it really it, that fight yeah, made up for the fact that Triple G versus Reigns went only two rounds. It, that was a really good fight. And, and in my opinion, call, Rob, I forgot about that. In my opinion, I feel that I would love to see Cecilia more. And I, w- I want to see I want to see them rematch. I I would love to see that on a pay per view undercard. Oh my god, that would crush it. You know what? When when they when they asked me about the fight, I told my peeps that was the Mexican style fight on that night because they went at it. That's true. Yep. And, and I loved it. it. I loved it, and I would love to see these two banging it out again. Definitely. And and a good one. But Brookhouse's skills uh, got her through that fight. You know, her skills really did get her through that fight. I would like to see her in a full camp with Jonathan Banks. Um, I would like to see her more in my living room or kitchen, bedroom, wherever I'm at. I would like to see her at. But boxing-wise, boxing-wise, this girl is very good. She's legit. And you heard her after the fight. She didn't back down from a rematch, Jules. She said, hell yeah. She said this was a hell of a fight. She didn't back down from a rematch at all. You know, so oh, this girl by the was way, the real deal. And she chose she chose her. 
it's not like she, I think she could have gone like the easy route, but she chose her to uh, um, to put on that show. So you got to give her props for that too. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. It yeah. was the the first woman's HBO televised fight, and I'm hoping to God it's the second one as well. We'll see a rematch. Well, my 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 faith on HBO it dies by the day, it dies by the minute. Well, hopefully they'll <laughs> they'll pick up something from that night because they do deserve to give these women attention if they're fighting like this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this is the year for for Showtime. HBO has been taking step back after step back, so yeah. hopefully they they pick up the pace here as far as boxing is concerned. Uh, they lost a big one with the HBO pay per view um, this past weekend because of the whole Clinello, but. Uh, Let's go into this weekend's fight with uh, Linares defending his title against Vasil Lomachenko. Um, To me, this this is going to be the fight of the year already in my eyes. Hands down. Especially now that we didn't get Canelo versus Golovkin to. This has to be fight of the year. Um, I want to kind of go around Robin here and just tell us how you see the fight going. What are going to be some of the key aspects? Anybody who wants to just run with it. For me, oh, okay. for me, the thing I'm gonna say is gonna be a big factor in it is how Lomachenko is gonna get inside because Lenares has some long ass arms. Uh, he's got reach by I think it was like three inches or more, um, but that that's gonna be hard. I mean, Lomachenko's a sneaky guy. He's he's one of the uh, more skilled fighters that I've seen in the game. So it's it's going to be hard for him to get inside, though. I mean, Lenares is a veteran and a current champion. It's, it's no easy walk in the park. But, Robbie, you're getting ready to say something? Well, I'm surprised they wanted me to go first. <laughs> um, so, so first of all, uh, you are correct with the, with the arms length advantage for Lenares. Um, and Lomachenko is going to have to get in. That That's one issue. Second one, he's moving in, up in weight. Now, Jules, what did I always tell you? I factor my pound-for-pound pound list on based on well, what do I always want to see out of a fighter with the caliber of Lomachenko? What do I want to see him do? Rob, can I tell you something, brother? It changes all the time. I don't even remember. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> No, this one doesn't. And Lucas will tell you, I want to see them win moving up. I want to see them at those. Yeah, okay. That's right. You you do. Yeah, that is consistent. I want to see them. I want to see them win moving up. So that's a big factor in this fight. The fact that he's moving up and fighting a legit world champion. Okay. So those are all great factors in it. Leonardo's is no joke. He will go blow for blow, toe-to-toe. Boxing skills-wise, he will match you. And these are guys that he's been fighting at his division at his level for a long time now. Okay? So this fight is going to make Lomachenko prove to all of us. Now, forget the rigging down. We're just going to throw that whole fight out the garbage. We're going to throw it, take it out with the garbage. Okay? This fight is a legit, legitimate test to Lomachenko. How he handles himself in this fight will be the legitimate test going forward. That being said, he doesn't get through it. 
This is why I believe he doesn't get through with Jules, because to me, he's a pretender. I've been telling you guys this all along. I'm not going to rank a guy eight fights, nine fights, ten fights, not even 12 fights, you know. I'm not going to rank him that high. And Lomachenko definitely, because he lost in his real first test when when he fought somebody. (laughs) Y'all say that's his second fight. Y'all say that. Hey, well, I got to interject because you're you're on the current topic. Look, Salido was already a champion, and you're talking about his second professional fight, Rob. Salido is a monster for anybody, anybody in that division. And it's his second fight, and you're mad that he lost that split decision to a guy that didn't even make the weight? And for the drug test. Anthony, come on, man. You might as well show up with Superman. He barely lost Superman. He was he was roided up. He didn't make weight. And you're telling me that it's bad that he lost to him? Since it then, is. It's bad that you take on a rampage. To beat his he has knocked out or stopped every opponent. Now, what are you going to say when he stops Lenoris? He's not going to, and I'm going to say I told you also. I told you so. When he loses his fight, I'm going to tell y'all in big, bold print letters, I told you so. Not that (laughs) Lomachenko cannot be a great fighter moving forward, but he's not a great, he's not as great as people put him as now. He's not unbeatable. He is beatable. And moving up in weight and fighting at this caliber Right now, to me, is the true testament, and that's what's going to happen. He's going to flunk this test, period. End of discussion. He's not going to win this fight, and I'm going to tell each and every one of you with a personal email, (laughs) I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) Jules, uh, we already went with Rob's prediction. Apparently, he's expecting a lot. Wait, let me go. Rob? Are you predicting a decision loss, or are you thinking Lenora stops? This will be a decision lost. It will be a uh, big decision loss from Lomachenko. He's going to look just like he did against Salido, and all y'all are going to want sit there and wonder is, is where are all those skills? Why is he not I'm performing? I'm confused by what you What's mean going by that. On? Because he looked good against Salido, and he even got hit in the balls. And again, he was on Ted. Come on, man. I mean, <laughs> no, he, to me, against Salido, he was pulling his punches. He wasn't punching as much as he should. He was on the defensive a lot more. He didn't look bad against Salido, though. That's, you you I, made it sound I like he looked he like did. crap. Well, he didn't okay. look like, ooh, I mean, he looked like a guy who, but, who wasn't ready for that so, test. And that's so, what's going to happen so with Linares. Okay, so you're saying wide unanimous, though. Not a split decision victory. But a wide unanimous decision for Lenares. Not Lenar. wide, but it's going to be unanimous. It, there's going to be no doubt that Leonardo's is a step above Lomachenko. Okay. Jules? You know what, man? This is tough. I like Lenares a lot. You know what I mean? He's always, you know, he, he's a tough, scrappy guy. Um, but Lomachenko is not Anthony Krola. And no disrespect to Anthony Krola. But Lomachenko is so skilled. Um, you know, offensively and defensively, that Lonaris may have a problem. And to Rob, to, to go back to your point about Orlando Salido, granted, uh, you know, once again, Orlando Salido didn't make weight and he was juiced to the gills. 
<laughs> but at the same time, Orlando Salido had a, a really good game plan in terms of being rough. You know what I mean? He 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 really uh, stayed on Lomachenko uh, throughout the whole fight. And Linares, I don't know if he'll be able to do that to someone like Lomachenko. You know, who's get who just seems to be getting better um, with with you know more and more. And that's my only issue. You know, can Jorge Linares fight a hard, tough fight with a guy like Lomachenko who's going to be using angles and movement for you know twelve rounds? I think that's going to be the, uh, the, 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 the whole question for that fight. Does Linares have a chance? Absolutely. You know, Linares is a tough guy. Um, his fights with Anthony Krola and, and Luke Campbell, you know what I mean? They were very, very good fights. But once again, Lomachenko, in my opinion, is much more skilled offensively than Anthony Krola and Luke Campbell are. So if I were to make that um, decision, I'm going to have to go with Lomachenko, be a uh, unanimous decision win. And honestly, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, ring him down. He came with two weight classes and it wasn't fair. But still, to make ring down quit, uh, it's impressive to me. <laughs> so no, no, I got to no, go no, with no. Lomachenko. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna build off Jules because I, I feel like he pretty much echoed my thoughts on most of it. Except I'm gonna go a step further with the rigging down. Not, not only did, did he beat, I mean, beating rigging down itself is impressive. Yeah, he went up and in weight and took him on, so it, it was a little less so. Um, to make him stop is one thing. He had him doing whatever the hell he wanted. Lenars was in complete control. And I think he's been in pretty much complete control since Salido. And that says a lot, man. That that says an enormous amount. He has yeah. not only made his opponents quit, he has just destroyed their confidence to the point they don't even want to continue because they know it's inevitable that they lose. Um, and regardless, yes, I, I was saying earlier, Leonard has some long arms, and that may play a part into it for a little while. He may have issues getting inside, but eventually he's going to find a way. That's just how Lomachenko is, and I expect a wide unanimous decision. Um, Lenars may may quit. Um, Javier, we are um, almost out of time, so go ahead and give us your prediction. Uh, my prediction, I'll go with Loma. Uh, I think, going back to Salido, that was like his welcome party to the pros. Uh, he was not expecting that type of rough, rugged guy. And Salido didn't come to lose that day, especially of the with the weight um, advantage. But I'm going with Loma. I love Linares. I've been following him for a long time, and it's going to be a tremendous fight. But I have to go with Loma. Linares is a king. Loma is a god. You cannot fight a god with a king. I'm sorry. It, it's just two different things. <laughs> well said. I want to thank uh, Bobby Hitch for coming on the show, uh, for Javier, Robin, Jules. This was uh, my name is Lucas Biggers. Thank you for joining Tough Talk Tuesday. Check us again out next week. All right, guys. Good night.